Hola, soy Paola Marisan. Welcome. Bienvenidos to the second season of our bilingual podcast, ¿Qué pasa Midwest? 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 Telling the stories of Latinos from the homeland to the heartland. In our first episode of La Segunda Temporada, we're going to talk about Alfonso and why he came to the Midwest. It has something to do with the FARC, Las Fuerzas Armadas Revolucionarias de Colombia, or the Revolutionary Armed Forces of Colombia, una alianza en contra del gobierno since 1964. The FARC sustains their estilo de vida by kidnapping and ransom, illegal mining, extorsiones, and the production y distribución of illegal drugs. Hola, Paola. Mi nombre es Alfonso Vidal. He vivido en Evansville hace este, 21 años. Alfonso was kidnapped in Venezuela, and when he escaped to El Medio Oeste, he was just supposed to be here for three months. This story happened more than 20 years ago, and it's nothing like we see on a typical TV series. Bueno, en el enero de 1997, we, my, my, my friend, uh, his father, and I, we decided to uh, go fishing in the south part of Venezuela, near Colombia. Um, salimos un viernes por la tarde o viernes por la mañana si no, me, si no mal recuerdo y llegamos al, a un sitio en los llanos de Venezuela donde la, bueno la pesca era maravillosa o es maravillosa y este apenas aterrizamos y fuimos a buscar el, el, el bote y nos encontramos con que el, el cuidador de, la, de toda esa zona estaba pues maniatado y amarrado Este, y ahí inmediatamente nos dimos cuenta que algo estaba mal. Este, cuando la guerrilla colombiana, en ese momento no sabíamos, pero the, later we found out that it was the FARC. No, nos agarraron y nos llevaron secuestrados a Colombia. When I look back and everything that is happening in Venezuela, I didn't want to leave Venezuela. I mean, at the time, Chávez had not been elected and Chávez was in jail. So they they made a makeshift uh, camp, so to speak, um, and they had us there. We we we, we had one little uh, hammock or chinchorro, como decimos en Venezuela, and um, and a, and a mat, uh, just a little colchón, you know. So we would uh, we would rotate to see who would sleep in the in the chinchorro in the hammock because it was more comfortable. I mean, the the little uh, mat was so thin that you can feel, still feel all the rocks and all the all the raíces. And so uh, that part of the daily things that we had to do. Then they would you know they would feed us, of course, and uh, different different things. There was a creek nearby that w my friend and I, we would just go and spend time in the creek. We would take some kind of quasi bath, and uh, it was it was there, I mean, for 11 days. In fact, when uh, when I came home, uh, one of the first things my mom sent me was to the shower. <laughs> <laughs> and especially at night, it was uh, full with uh, hope, because uh, hope uh, was, because they would come every day and tell us that they were they were going to uh, release us next day or they were going to take us home next day and uh in the mañana cuando el sol salía este sabíamos que no nos iban a mover ese día porque ya eh, con la luz del día no nos iban a estar moviendo eh, con con la posibilidad que los vean por ahí pero esa mañana nos levantaron 
este, simplemente sin avisarnos. Y nos dijeron, vámonos, vámonos. Y nos agarraron y and we started walking. So, of course, you start walking, you know. And it was scary because we didn't know where, uh, where they were going to take us and all that. They blindfolded us and then they put us on a pickup truck. And I think it was a pickup truck. I, I don't know exactly. But but it sounded like a pickup truck or it, it felt like a pickup truck. So they uh, they took us through the Las Llanuras in Colombia. Um, and then they we waited in another place. And, and apparently, and we don't know this, but there was another group that was going to, uh, uh, it was fighting to get us, you know, because then it was going to turn into a ransom situation. And I, I can tell you there was one of the guys that when they they finally let us go, they, they hugged us and said, you guys had to get home today because today I have to go to church, you know. And it was one of the guerrilla guys. So so there, there was a, a lot of th uh, weird things that happened in our kingdom that were not the typical. One of the Venezuelan, I, I think it was a Janomami, you know, one of the Venezuelan uh, natives, you know, and then uh, they, they, I think either they paid him or they made him do it. I don't know. They woke him up in the middle of the uh, night and told him to walk us back to the highway. So they told us that uh, there was going to be a bus passing by at a certain time, take the bus and go back to, uh, I think it was El Caicare Lorinoco. But that wasn't all of it. Even once they got home safely, Alfonso and his dad se dieron cuenta that they were being followed by the kidnappers. They, they kept following me and my father. That's, pudimos averiguar eso con la inteligencia militar y todo eso. And then we decided to leave the country. We chose Evansville, because that's the, everybody asked me, right? I mean, how, why did you come here to Evansville? We were trying to find a safe place. Un lugar en el medio de la nada que quizás no, no nos conocían porque la quizás los venezolanos podrán estar en Miami o en Houston o en otros sitios y, y nos iban a conocer, a saber de nosotros. Y era importante uh, break the, the communication or break the, that nobody knew where we were. In fact, uh, nobody knew where we were other than my uh, wife. Now, it was my girlfriend at the time and another member of the family, and that was it. So a lot of my friends and everybody uh, didn't know. You know, a lot of people got upset with us about that, that we were basically left the house hiding on a van, or, or hiding under the seat of a van uh, to the airport to, to fly. You know, and, and we flew from Caracas to Miami, Miami to Chicago, and then in Chicago, uh, we landed there, we, we spent another night, and then, uh, then my my father bought a ticket from Chicago to Louisville, and in Louisville we rented a car and uh, drove to Evansville. Venimos aquí a Evansville, hemos hecho una vida, una vida maravillosa. Tenemos una familia aquí excelente. Los niños han crecido en en una sociedad totalmente este safe. No? Que, que hoy en día los venezolanos no viven en Venezuela. The Venezuelan society was never a migrant uh, society. Uh, in fact, we had, I mean, since the, the oil boom and all that, we had a lot of immigration. You know, we had people from Spain, Portugal, Italy coming in that 
helped build a wonderful Venezuela. People that had the know-how on uh, construction and on uh, the food industry and, and so many things that the Italians, the Spaniards, and the, uh, and the Portuguese uh, did in Venezuela. They made uh, their families and their entire lives and, and, and all that in Venezuela. We had a lot of immigration from Colombia, for example, that were a lot of the labor you know, in, in, at that time. Uh, so it, it was really a wonderful society to, to, to be growing up in. In fact, I can tell you that I, I, I consider myself and the Venezuelan society at the time was a spoiled brat, to be honest. I mean, we had everything that we could ask, and I didn't know that. I just didn't know that until, you know, all, uh, everything started to crumble. If you ask my wife, my, my parents, my brother, sister, their experience was completely different, of course, than, than mine. Both were very intense, very spiritual. Our conversions were amazing, and uh, a lot of people got touched by uh, that situation around us. It was, without a doubt, was a, a very intense situation, and it marked the two parts of my life, you know, the before and after, you know. I, I usually joke about it, I say BC, before the kidnapping, after the kidnapping, but of course with a K. <laughs> so. Hoy día, Venezuela no es la misma. El país has ongoing deadly protests against the government of President Nicolás Maduro, who continues to move the country towards dictatorship. Stories in the news are more often of death and the people not being able to eat and buy basic necessities, cosas tan comunes como papel de baño o tampones. Alfonso has now made a life in the Midwest and continues to help the Latino population in the region by getting involved in politics and nonprofit organizations. Gracias por escuchar. Subscribe to our newsletter so you don't miss any behind the scenes and to our podcast on Apple Podcasts o donde quiera que escuches tus podcasts. Soy Paola Marisán and this is ¿Qué pasa Midwest? 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 Telling the stories of Latinos from the homeland to the heartland. Support for this podcast comes from the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. From PRX.